I kind of feel like the old boxer that was in the ring one night and he was just getting beat to a pulp. <laughs> Every time he would go to his corner, his coach would tell him, you're doing great, man. You're doing, he, he's not even hardly touching you. Finally, out of one eye that was almost closed and lips that were swollen and bloodied, he said, well, you know what? You better get your eyes open and look because if he's not hitting me, somebody out there is. <laughs> And that referee must, and I kind of feel like that. Sometimes I get up in the morning and I'm thinking, who just hit me or what just hit me? But we are making progress. Thank you for your patience. You need a better pastor right now than you have, but you're just going to have to put up with what you've got. Isaiah chapter 50. I don't often say this, but it may not mean anything to you, but as hard as it was for me to get something together for tonight, evidently the devil did not want this word delivered. And so I know the word of the Lord stands forever, and I know that the devil hates that word because it's that word that has condemned him and bound him for eternity. And he will do everything he can to fight the word. That's why the Bible speaks when the, uh, the sower went out to sow, that the birds of the air came to steal the seed. That's what the devil does. Before it can start its work in you, before it can produce what God designed that word to produce, he's going to try to take it away from you. So please open your heart, your mind, and your ears tonight. Listen to what Isaiah chapter 50 Verse number 10, listen to what the word of the Lord said. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant? That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Who among you feareth the Lord and obeyeth the voice of his servant, comma, that walketh in darkness? And hath no light. What a contrast. What a contradiction. Let him trust in the name of the Lord. And stay upon his God. Amen. I love that word stay. And I know that it means more than just not moving. Certainly means much more than that. But it has such a powerful message to my heart tonight. The secret to surviving the darkness. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The 50th chapter of Isaiah is truly an amazing chapter it begins by reminding Israel that God's arm is not shortened, that his hand is not shortened, that it cannot help. When you're in trouble, you need to hear that. When you're in a bad situation, you need to know that your God is able to deliver. And so God reminded Israel, in spite of their spiritual condition at that moment, He reminded them that His arm was not shortened or His hand slack 
that he could not redeem, that he could not save his people. He goes on to speak about the power of a word that is spoken in season, how important it is. Hope, And I pray tonight that this would be a word in season. But he concludes this chapter with two verses that have such a powerful bearing on our life. And I'm not, I don't have time to go into all of it, but literally in the last two verses, he describes two responses to life, how that we can respond to the trying hours of life. My Bible reads it like this. Who is among you that feareth the Lord, that obeyeth the voice of his servant, that walketh in darkness and hath no light? One translation says, yet walketh in. He does all of those things, yet walks in darkness and hath no light. I'm afraid that if the Lord had let me translate that verse, my translation would probably have been something like yours. If any among you fears the Lord and walks in darkness, that must be because he has sin in his life. Or that must be because something is wrong in his life. Because it doesn't seem to me that darkness and light would go together. It doesn't seem to me that God would allow someone who fears Him and someone who obeys the word of His servant to have to go through such an experience. And yet that is exactly what the writer describes. And when he said he walks in dark, the Hebrew is plural. Darknesses, not just one darkness, but the shadows that fall upon the path of life are many. And it is startling that men who revere God and obey His servant, that they would ever have to walk in darkness or walk in places where they cannot tell where they need to place their foot. And yet that is the lot of life for many of us. There is a point in life where we come where there is no light. There is no revelation. There is no understanding. What a contradiction to my mind it is that a child of light could walk in darkness. That a child of obedience and reverence would have to go through times that he could not understand. There come days in the life of every one of us when all seems against us. There are such times that happen and they are not foreign to the experience of God's greatest people. And Isaiah reminds us that we must consider the fact that at some point in time, as a child of God and as a child of light, that we are going to be forced to walk in darkness. 
You could do all of the right things and you can pray all of the right prayers. And he describes this man as reverent in heart and obedient in his life. His whole life is animated by a deep reverence toward God. And his heart and life are ruled by the word of God. He is an obedient servant. And yet such a one like that walks in darkness and has no light. In spite of his allegiance to God, he is still called upon to walk in darkness. You walk, yet the way is hidden before your eyes. Life does not stop. It does not get put on hold. And here is where the text gets really personal for you and I. Because the man that is spoken of here who is a person who fears God and reverences God and obeys God and listens to the word and submits to that word, he cannot quit living just because things have become dark around him. He can't put life on hold. You know, it'd be great if life was like your computer, that whenever anything got messed up, you could just push control alternate something and it would go back to whatever it was before. Or you could just put it on pause. You could just do what I I just close my laptop. When I get ready, I come back and open up and it's all there. I've got a fresh mind. It'd be great if life was like that. If you could just push a button and it would pause everything and you could just hang on and wait it out until light comes, but life is not like that. There are often times when you cannot sit still. You cannot remain where you are. You cannot stop in your journey. You cannot sit down and wait it out or wait for life to change or for the sun to come up. There are times that we are even in right now as a church When you can't put church on hold and you can't blink your eyes and all of a sudden everything be fixed and back in order. Sometimes you have to live through the night. Sometimes you have to just live through the darkness. The Bible says of this man who encountered this darkness, he did one good thing and that was he kept walking. Amen. Everybody say he kept walking. He didn't quit. He didn't panic. He didn't try to put life on hold. He didn't check out on God and say, well, when y'all get this all together, I'll come back to church. When life gets a little bit more normal, I think I'll get serious about living for God. It's, It's amazing. Life continues on. You have to keep living, although there is no light to guide your feet by. When that happens, you better know how to live in hours like that. You better know how to live when you can't see where to put your next foot. You don't know what to say. You don't know how to respond. You have to walk in darkness. Everybody say that with me. Walk in darkness. Just because you cannot see what to do or where to take the next step doesn't mean that you have the luxury to lie down and wait for a better situation. You have to keep living. You've still got to get up and look that person in the eye in the morning and say, Hello, honey, I love you. 
you got to look across the table at those honorary kids and say, I sure love you. Yes. You still have to keep living. You have to keep moving. You don't have the luxury of just laying down and quitting. The problem is that at this point, we have an option as to how we're going to live. And verse number 11 describes one type of living. Verse number 10 describes the best way to live through the darkness. In verse 11, he talks about you striking a lamp or striking a match or striking a light. That you kindle a fire. That somehow in your own humanity, in your own wisdom, and your own knowledge, and your own skill... By all the advice you get off of Facebook and all your good friends around you, you decide to make certain decisions and act certain ways, and you think that that's, it's good because I've had such a great an agreement around me with my friends. And yet the truth is the Bible speaks of that as only being sparks, and they do not come to the desired end. You still have to live, but how you live in the darkness is telling of who and what you are. Being in the darkness does not absolve us from daily living. Being in the darkness does not absolve us from the responsibilities that are still on us. It's dark, but life goes on. It's dark, but life continues. You walk Though you walk in the dark and you have no light, there's no understanding. There's not even a whisper. There's not even an email. There's no PS. There's no little sticky note on the door of the refrigerator when you get up from God that says, hang in there, I know where you're at. As a matter of fact, when you pray, it doesn't even seem like anybody's listening. You are walking in darkness and you have no light. Everybody say no light. No light. I mean absolutely no help. No word from God. No goosebumps to make you know that God's near you. No revelation. No word of revelation. No preacher that calls you or friend that calls you and says, hey, I was just praying today and God put you on my heart. I thought I'd call you and encourage you. Sometimes you have to keep living even though you don't have those phone calls coming. And I know how many times I've prayed, God, if you know where I'm at, would you just please have somebody call me? And I will have to tell you that most of the time the phone didn't ring. But you know what? I can't quit living just because the phone doesn't ring. And I can't quit living for God just because I don't understand it. I can't stop and give up because it doesn't make sense. As contradictory as it seems, a child of light can walk in darkness. A child of light can be in a place where there is no light. that, That just doesn't sound right. And yet the reality of life is that you can be in such a place 
doing all the right things, praying as sincerely as you can pray, living for God as honestly as you can live for God, being as faithful to the Word as you know how to be, you can go through all of the right things and still be in a place in your life where God does not speak and you have no light, nothing that you can really look to that will help give you direction. So you have a choice. You can do what they did in in the 11th verse. You can try to make your own light, and there's a lot of folks that do that when it's dark. They try to produce their own light. That's what they do when they get on the, you know, they call their friends and say, oh, man, you got to help me. And they pour out their soul. They don't, you know, I'm not against that, but sometimes... What you need to do is pour that out to God. You say, but God doesn't answer me. God doesn't respond. At least my friends talk back to me. And so we, we, we try to strike our own light. We try to manufacture our own light. We try to make sense of it. You know, we put a smile on our face. We put happy in our steps. And we just get up and put our big clothes on and go face the world. But the truth is, that kind of light will not last. And it's not long until you start getting mad at life and at your friends because their advice stinks and you can't believe you even listened to it to start with. And then you get all crossways with your spouse and your dog and your cat and your pigs and your horses and whatever else you have. Why? Because... You're trying to do the impossible, and that is create something that you're impossible. It's impossible for you to create, and that's a light. And yet men try it all the time. There are people in this building right now, you're trying your best to strike a match to get a light going in your life, when the truth is what you need to do is what Isaiah said of this man who feared God and obeyed the word but walked in darkness and had no light. The picture is so clear. How to make it through the darkness and such hours like that, there's only one way to navigate such hours. He said, you must trust in the name of the Lord and stay on Him. Two simple things. Trust In the name of the Lord. Everybody say the name of the Lord. Now I know that doesn't mean much to you. But in scripture when it refers to the name of the Lord. It is referring not to his his given name. But to his character. To his attributes. When it speaks of the name of the Lord. You are talking about who he is. And what he is and what he has done and what he will do. And the writer Isaiah said that when you are a child of light but you find yourself in the dark and you have no light, you need to trust in the name of the Lord. You need to trust in the character and the attributes of God that can answer all of life's wants and all of life's doubts and all of life's objections and all of life's distresses. When you consider who He is, He is eternal. 
He is ever living. He is holy. He is mighty. He is provider. He is healer. He is deliverer. He is a way maker. He is a blind eye opener. He is the deaf ear unstopper. He is the one who gives life. When you understand who it is that you serve, it will make a world of difference when you're in the dark. Amen. I know that it used to be said that when E.F. Hutton speaks, you ought to listen. But I want to tell you something better than that. When it's dark, trust in the name of the Lord. Trust in the character of the Lord. Trust in the attributes of the mighty God, the Lord God Jehovah, the almighty, the I am. I love that phrase, I am. I am what? I am whatever you need. I am Alpha and Omega. I am beginning and end. I am first and last. I am the bread. I am the door. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Whatever it is that you need, that's what I am. That is what I am. When God sent Moses to Pharaoh to tell Pharaoh to let his people go, Pharaoh said, well, who will I say sent me? And God said, you tell Pharaoh that I am sent you. I am what? I am the way of deliverance for my people. I am whatever they're going to need me to be. I'm going to be a shade by the day And I'm going to be a cloud by night to keep them warm. I am going to be their right hand and their left hand supplier. I'm going to be water from a rock. I'm going to be manna from heaven. I'm going to be ravens. I'm going to be birds. I'm going to be whatever it is that they need to sustain them in the journey. You can count on the I am being there. So he said, trust in the Lord, in the name of the Lord, and stay on Him. I love that. Stay on Him. The word means to lean your weight on. And in my mind, when I tried to get my mind around this verse of Scripture and what God was saying, it was as if I saw two figures walking One who could see everything and one who could see nothing. And when you're in that predicament, the only way to get through it is to reach out and take hold of the one that's in front of you that can see everything and don't let go until he stops walking. And the only way that you and I are going to get through the darkness that we're in right now is to trust in the name of the Lord, the ever-loving, never-failing God of glory, and stay on Him. I want to be so close to Him. I want to have my hands on Him. I want to have my weight on Him. I want to be leaning on Him because that's the only way that I'm going to get through the darkness. Amen. Remember going down into the caves of Sonora years ago. We got all the way down into the belly of the earth, and the guide told us to stand still and not move. And then they turned out the lights. And she said, Sir, ladies and gentlemen, this is total darkness. 
And she said, just to prove my point, I want you to take your hand and put it before your face. And when you put your hand this close, you could not see the outline of anything. It was total darkness. That's what Isaiah was talking about. When that happened, it was almost instinctively. You reach over to try to touch somebody because you don't want to be alone in the darkness. And what Isaiah was trying to get through to his people is the simple fact that although you may be in darkness, God is not in darkness. And though you may be confused at what to do, God is not confused at what to do. And though you may not know which turn to make or which decision to make, if you will just get close enough to him that you can lean on him, he'll get you through the darkness. He'll make sure that you go in the right way. An old seaman was asked, what is the secret to surviving the fierce storms of the sea? And he said, in storms we must do one thing. There is only one way to survive the storm. He said, we must put the ship in a certain position and keep it there. You put the ship in a certain position and you don't move. You don't budge. You just take that and hold on to that. Sometimes I feel like it must be what Apostle Paul was trying to get through to us when he described his own journey in Acts 27. When you can neither see sun nor stars... And there is no small tempest that lies upon us. And reason cannot help you. And past experiences cannot give you light. And even prayer brings no consolation. There is only one thing to do. And that is stay on Him. Trust in the name of the Lord. You must put your soul in a position and keep it there. And the position that Isaiah described was one where you are so close to him that you're leaning your weight on him. You're not reaching for him from a distance. You're not trying to get him from the middle pew or from another part of the world, but you are so close to him that you can literally lean on him. Isaiah said, that's the only way you're going to survive any storm, any darkness. Come what may, winds, waves, rocks, breakers, seas, thunder, lightning, no matter what. If you will lash yourself to the helm and hold your confidence in him, his promises, his word, his faithfulness, He will keep you through the darkness. Amen. Darkness. You know, the worst part about darkness is that it is so bewildering. And I will never forget the feeling that came over me when that woman turned out that light switch and there was total darkness. The panic that came. The feelings, the thoughts that started running through your mind. I hope those things come back on. Because we're a long way down in the bowels of the earth. I've never been here before. 
I wouldn't want to have to navigate out of there by myself because one wrong turn and there were holes that would drop off even deeper into the bowels of the earth. Amen. I'm glad we had a guide that day. She knew how to get us out. And I'm thankful that I have one tonight. And as dark as it is right now, you know what I've decided to do? I've decided I need to get so close to him that I can just lean on him. Lean on him, trust him, depend on him. My security is not in the fact that I have a hold of him. My security is in the fact that he has a hold of me. And there's a world of difference. My security is not in what I can do, but in what he's done. My salvation is not based on my work but it is based upon the work that He has done for me. And I would rather walk in darkness with God than to walk in the light of my own making. Amen. A good man can walk in darkness. Doesn't mean he's backslid. Doesn't mean... I've had people say, well, Brother Hughes, what's wrong down there? What do you mean what's wrong? Well, I mean, it just seems like y'all have had one adversity after another. Evidently, God must think we have big enough shoulders that we can handle that. That's all I can figure out. Because I know this much. I know the people that I'm looking at right now bear the same burden that I bear. And I know there's good people out here. And you're doing the best that you know to do. You're living for God the best you know how to live for God. You're not perfect, but you're doing all you know to do. You're obeying the Word of God. You're trying to keep yourself in the Word of God. And yet, in spite of all of that, You're in so much darkness right now. You don't even know what to do. You don't know the next decision to make. You don't know how to deal with the problems that are on you right now. You don't know how to deal with the issues that you're facing in your family. And the fact is, those times come to even God's closest children. So what do you do? You trust in the name of the Lord. The name that has never failed. The name in which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. You trust that name. You trust the God who carries that name. You trust the God who speaks His Word into your life. And you stay on Him. Amen. You get so close to Him that wherever He moves, you're pulled in the wake of His movement. Amen. They tell me, I don't know, I've never done it, and I'm closing, that in these NASCAR races, that they like to get up close to the one going fastest because it, they, there's a certain draft, there's a certain pull. It doesn't take as much fuel, evidently. And, and, and they, they, can, they can conserve their fuel and their energy if they get close enough to the car in front of them. The, the momentum of that car in front of them actually pulls them along. I think Isaiah found that out a long time ago. That the way to survive the darkness, the way to get through the things you don't understand is just get so close to God that His momentum will keep you going. And you hear me tonight. God's never going to fail. And He's never going to stop. And He's never going to run down. He's never going to run out. Just get so close to Him that His own movement will help keep you going. And I close. Let's stand together. In the old myth, the Greek mythology, Orion, one of the, the 
Greek gods. His eyes had been put out while he was asleep on the seashore. And it is said, according to Greek mythology, that Orion recovered his sight by gazing toward the rising sun, simply lifting his blinded eyes toward the rising sun and holding them there until his sight returned. Now, I know that's just a myth, but it's a pretty good philosophy of life. That when you're blinded or you're in the dark and you don't know what to do, just lift your eyes and put them on Him and don't let them stray. Amen. Just keep your gaze. If our inner vision has been blinded and all the grand truths and hopes of life have been lost, Let the soul turn their blind face toward heaven and keep it there until he looses the bands of Orion and turns for us the shadow of death in the morning. Amen. Just put your eyes on him. Don't take them away. Say, Brother Hughes, what am I going to do? I'll tell you what you do. You get so close to him that you put your weight on him. Let him carry you through. Amen. Reach over and take somebody by the hand and say, We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. Oh, I lean on you, Lord.